0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, Georgia Gwinnett College, welcome back to another exciting podcast. This is the Grizzly Talk Podcast with your host, Kennedy Patterson, y'all. <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. We are now streaming on Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Pandora, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Dizzer. Ladies and gentlemen, we're everywhere. So, welcome back to the Grizzly Talk Podcast. Again, we've got some very exciting podcasting for you guys today. You know, it's a happy Monday. It's another start for another fresh week. We just recruited from the weekend. Of course, we did a lot of great things for this weekend. Let me tell you all about it. Of course, GTP 94.6 is back uh, with the radio station that is streaming on iTunes and Spotify. And you guys have been enjoying the shows we've been doing. And, of course, now we have the Grizzly Growl Show from Grizzly's Digital Network on the platform as well, y'all. Yes, so, of course, the Grizzly Growl Show is that new show from GGC Athletics. So, now we have them on our radio station, and we also got them on our hit GTP network. What that is, that is our Instagram network for, of course, our Instagram. If you guys haven't followed our Instagram yet, what are you waiting for? It's Grizzly underscore talk again all kind of one word grizzly underscore talk of course we got there on IGTV. watch the first uh 10 minutes of the episode so just you know it's out there you guys can listen to it of course a huge shout out to grizzly serve from the past saturday event they had 30 plus volunteers uh, on behalf of us here at grizzly talk podcast again i want to say that thank you guys for doing that community service their help planting trees giving back to the environment all while still trying to practice social distancing, of course. So, you know, kudos to Grizzly Serve, Grizzly Serve for sure, y'all. Of course, you know we had to shout out. Of course, ISA. I just saw it. My producer just showed me this. Uh, they uh, <laughs> reposted our our. Uh, We'd like to say little advertisement. Uh, for their Instagram so that's really cool. I really appreciate it. So shout out to them as well, of course. So now let's get on to the fun and news announcement. It is you know very fantastic of course. Alpha GGC retrieves over uh well now six hundred followers on Instagram. So shout out to them y'all <laughs> so Congrats. Congratulations to Alpha. I do remember uh, when I was doing, you know, my buildup of followers and, you know, 600 is a big number. A lot of people like to say 600 is just, you know, it's just 600 followers, but that's a huge number because that means they are on the way for growth. Uh, I've actually had a couple of friends that were part of Alpha. Uh, I want to say Brandon Gomez, I believe we may have got you know, talk. We talked about Alpha and getting them on the show Unfortunately, we haven't had them on the show yet, but if they would like to come on the show, maybe we can do a Zoom kind of idea for it. You know, if you guys want to come on the show, please reach out to us, DM us at, you know, grizzly underscore talk or in my email at kpowerson2 at ggc.edu. That's for sure. And that's for every RSO that wants to come on our show for sure. Now, of course, a little shout out when we're doing this is more of a shout out kind of thing to it. But, you know, I kind of like it. So. Shout outs real quick. Of course, shout out to GGC Wesley. Now, I was on campus today. I had to meet with a professor about one of our projects that we got going up, and also I had to do. I had to walk about two miles today on campus for one of my uh, walking courses for uh, PE. So, GGC Wesley, they're back in action. Wesley is excited to enable students to encounter God and become disciplines of jesus christ of course they have bible studies and you guys can connect with them on youtube yes ladies and gentlemen they got a youtube at ggc wesley of course their instagram is all one word ggc wesley they were out on campus today and they were giving out this uh flyer i want to say very and i'm looking at it my producer has it here in the office and you know this flyer is actually if you guys can hear that that's pretty durable. I mean, that's some good quality, good quality paper that they're giving these out on. So GGC Wesley, of course, come worship with us every Tuesday at two p.m. on YouTube. Something very unique. Now they are expanding to YouTube. Um, and their slogan says: snacks, community, friendship, friends, and devotion. I don't know about the snacks part because you know you're still trying to practicing the social distancing. But they have a worship service every Tuesday at two on YouTube. So I'm, I'm eager to see. Are they going to uh, produce this back out live? Because a lot of YouTubers, they like to do content that's live. Or will they do videos and upload for YouTube? GGC Wesley, if you guys are listening to the podcast for sure, YouTube is great. But I think your target audience should also be Instagram too. There's ways that you can do 10-minute videos uh, like we have on our platform uh, on Instagram. So, you know, if you really want... A fast uh, response time for sure. Try YouTube. And I do recommend uh, many people do YouTube uh, for sure. But IGTV is a new thing for Instagram. Especially if you're trying to get the following base up. So again, uh, shout out to GGC Wesley. Again, come worship with them every Tuesday at 2 p.m. on YouTube. So that's the way to go for sure. And of course, GGC Wellness. They did something very kind of exciting. And I'll talk to you guys about it for sure. Um, of course, GGC Wellness, you guys can follow their Instagram. Of course, it's GGC underscore wellness. Their latest post is a freaky health fact Friday. That is a hefty, hefty title, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Um, but I do, I kind of like it. So, of course, did you know that music can affect your heartbeat? Yes, I kind I knew this because... As many of you guys, and I I promise you guys, GGC community, I'm not gloating, I'm not doing anything like that. But I do music production myself, and, you know, music is the way to go. It does change my heartbeat when I'm listening to a very great song, and it's very upbeat. I'm moving, I'm dancing, I'm stomping my feet, you know. (laughs) Uh, So a study suggests that compared to silence, music tends to increase heart rate and speed up breathing. That means jamming is good for your heart. Yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen. I jam pretty much every day. Every day, without fail, I have to listen to music for about an hour each day. I cannot go a day without just not listening to music because I have a dull day, of course. So I have to listen to music when I can, about an hour or two each day. Even if I'm in my house cooking dinner, I'm listening to some sort of music, dancing while I'm flipping chicken. So, So, uh, there is no other stimulus on Earth that's uh, st- uh, stimu- uh, Sorry, <laughs> simultaneously engage. Excuse me, engage our brains as widely as music does. You may not realize it, that music engage. Excuse me, I'm reading too fast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you might not realize that music engages not only your uh, auditory system but many other parts of your brain as well, including areas responsible for movement, language, attention, memory, and emotion. So a very, very good tip from GGC's uh, wellness department. Of course, you guys can follow their uh, Instagram. Got a good following there. It's GGC underscore wellness. So please be sure to read up on that. Um, it's very important and very, very important for sure. So uh, that's just something that I really recommend for GGC community to listen to music for about an hour each day because you just never know of course shout out to uh women in tech of course a day in the life of a digital marketing uh event they went live at 12 so it's probably over by the time you're hearing this podcast but you know they did really really good trying to advertise this and you know it was you know our pleasure to get the video made out here live from swanky studios out there to the ggc community so um i you know i i like ourselves like that that just reached reach out to us and say hey you know Talk podcast we need your help can you help us so you know and I do that for any or our department so if you have an event coming up uh, that you would love to have some sort of video made from us from our network or you just want to shout out someone on the Instagram uh, on our Instagram that is please let us know because uh, you know that's just that's what we do we keeping it grizzly strong that's just how we do it now when we go on this commercial break of course i got this new music here from swanky studios to play on our podcast uh hopefully you guys enjoyed this one for sure this song actually we used in another project um live from swanky studios so we thought we just have it here so listen to this music and we'll be right back ladies and gentlemen back to the Grizzly Todd Podcast, of course, with your host, Kennedy Patterson. Hopefully, you guys have been enjoying the show today. Now, one question I do have before we log off here. Are you ready to participate in an internship? Do you need to learn how to begin the process? Hear from Career Development, the Internship Program Manager, and your internship advisors on how to search and secure an internship In your chosen major. Of course, presented, brought to you by the SBA. Of course, that's my favorite school because that is the school that I am. Of course, concentration is marketing. GGC School of Business, this week in SBA, they have a how to secure an internship Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. That is a Tuesday again, the 1st of September, first of the month, 12 to 1 p.m. So please be sure to attend that event. I just want to come off record and just thank my producers here from Swanky Studios. You guys don't know these two gentlemen, but they're behind the scenes and they make this show happen and possible. Of course, my producers Tyrus Lester and James Myers. Honestly, you guys, I'm looking at them right now. You guys are phenomenal. So I, I want to thank you guys for, you know, not only putting us on the map, um, but you guys, you guys are in recreation to our system. And James, you work a little bit. Uh, your background is in acquisition, so. Uh, you, you guys make this thing possible, and I, I really want to thank you guys. I know GGC community may not know you guys personally, but you guys are awesome. Uh, you guys make this show happen, and I just, you know, I'm ecstatic for it. So that's going to do it for today's show. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed today's show for sure. Please be sure to follow our Instagram at grizzly underscore talk so that way you don't miss any new content that we have coming out later on this week. And please be sure to stay safe, drink water every 15 minutes. Stay hydrated, practice social distancing when you can, and we'll be back later on this week for more podcasting of the Grizzly Talk podcast. I'm your host, Kennedy Patterson. Stay safe and go Grizzlies.
1: Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Welcome in, Grizzly fans. It's edition number two of Coach's Corner. It took us seven years to get these individuals back in a room together as we celebrate 1,000 victories for GGC Athletics in this campus. And we're joined now by all five head coaches, which I think is our first victory into the next 1,000, the fact that I got all five of you in a room together. So as you introduce yourself, we go around the room here. Um, I want to know what you would be doing right now if we weren't having this interview. Would it be recruiting, staff meetings, field maintenance? Let's go right. We'll start with you. Uh,
2: Brad Stromdahl, uh, baseball coach. And what I would be doing right now is I'd be on a national selection committee call.
1: And what, what does that entail?
2: Oh, well, it's uh, part of uh, how we select the the at-large teams for the postseason at the end. So we have about six phone calls throughout the course of the year, um, and we get to uh, get on some phone calls with about 25 other people and talk a lot about what's going on in our sport and how it uh, how it's working out. And then uh, at the end of the year, we decide who gets in and who's, who's out.
3: Cat Eilenberg, softball. I would be working with Tanya Metters to plan Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday's practices. Get ready for a big weekend.
4: Chase Hodges, tennis. Um, I'm a NAI tennis raider, so similar to Brad, and our national rankings are due uh, in a couple hours, so I better get on that.
1: I would be editing. Matt Mahoney, go ahead. Steve
5: Dekuma men's soccer. It's 1130. We've already had weights and practice, so I would be in the gym working Mm -hmm. out right now. Overachiever here. Mm
6: -hmm. Mike Giuliano, women's soccer. Uh, I'd be recruiting and recruiting and recruiting as we try to replace uh, 15 seniors who are graduating after this year.
1: And so I can't thank you guys enough for being here because of uh, more so to those people out here that allowed them to be here, friends and family, their teams and their staffs and their administrators too, as well, and so we are located back in the same room that you guys filmed this same interview seven years ago. I sent you guys some pictures earlier. When you looked at those pictures and reminisced back, what's the first thing that come to your mind?
4: Cat.
3: I was getting a lot more sleep. I didn't have two kids and I had a lot less gray hair.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I, w- I would just say it feels like about two decades ago, um, but seven years, is, uh, it's flown by. Um, it seems like it was a long time ago, but when you think about everything that we've done as a department, um, you know, it's kind of flown by, so a little bit of both. I think we all look like a bunch of kids. I
5: mean, It's been a great seven years, but uh, there's been some struggles and some trials
1: along the way. Coach Juliana, for you, seven years ago, you and I both weren't here. So we're new to this conversation. Exactly. Seven years
6: ago, I was in Chicago freezing to death. So I'm (laughs) I'm thrilled to be
1: here. (laughs) And so whether it was seven years ago or two years ago, take me back to your first win as the head coach of your particular GGC program. Well,
3: Steve got the first win overall here. So what what was your day? Technically, I
5: got the second win.
3: True. I I knew. But
5: uh, no, it was – that was a whirlwind in, started in January of 12 and the end of August of 12, we beat uh, Tennessee temple 12, nothing um, just to see how everything progressed from nothing to uh, playing out on the old intramural field with what over about a thousand fans, uh, the pomp and circumstance of that first game. I mean, I've still got the, the coin from the official coin toss from that day. Um, but yeah, I know it was just as the game progressed, it was, well, we're not going to be that bad. We're not going to be a first-year program. So looking back on some of those guys, uh, you know, who've gone on to be great Grizzlies for us, it was, uh, like has been said, it felt like two decades ago.
4: Yeah, ours was uh, spring of 2013. I remember we be SCAD at home. Uh, it was a men and women's match. Uh, we had General the Grizzly out there. Uh, they did the national anthem. Um, you know, it was a big uh, big crowd out there. I do remember that match. And, you uh, you know, just all the excitement around playing our first home match and first match in our tennis program's history. And, uh, you know, just to think about that and how far we've come is, is uh, you know, hard to believe.
3: We were up the street at Collins Hill High School watching the field be laser-graded, but nowhere near what the Grizzly softball complex is now, playing Faulkner. And we split the day. We lost the first game in a tight contest. And it was heartbreaking because you just want to come out and capitalize on what everybody else has done that – Everyone else had come out first game and they won. I was like, oh man, how's this gonna go? And we really battled in the second game. And a player who to this day I still keep in a lot of touch with got the big hit that put us up. And winning that game was definitely uh, we knew we were gonna do some things and we were gonna. It was a unique group of girls, so it was a lot of fun that day.
2: Yeah, we were we were the same way. We uh, went to Voorhees over in uh, South Carolina, and um, (laughs) it was just a great day, great experience. The bus broke down, like all of the things that you you know you're trying to get everything going Uh, you know the first ever uh, recorded at bat was a walk and then he stole second and then it was a (laughs) the the runner it's the the shortstop told him it was a foul ball and so our runner went back to first base so it was a walk and then a stolen base and then a non-stolen base so uh, but we won and it was uh, it was a really really great year and uh, just great memories.
1: As you look back and think about those pictures that uh, was this first coach's corner that we had seven years ago what advice do you have as a seventh year of the program to the first year of the program, if you go back and tell that coach, that person, that individual, what would you tell that person?
4: For me, it'd just be patient. Uh, you know, you can't, you know, things aren't going to get done immediately. Um, you know, as, as I've gotten older, I feel like I've gotten more and more patient. I feel like as a younger coach, I, you know, expected things done, like just right then and there. And uh, here, everything does get done, uh, which is a positive. Uh, but, you know, just be patient and let the process work its way up
5: stole my thunder because uh, it, what made this so unique was it wasn't that we were just starting a new sport in an already existing athletic department it's everything was new everything was unchartered territory and so the term that we've always thrown around with each other is the goalposts were always moving from admissions requirements to uh, just programs procedures, policies, plans in place no two days are ever alike here and that's been the thing is just be patient because in six months, it's probably going to change, and but everybody's got the best intention, and so just relax, old man. That's what I've had to keep telling myself.
1: Coach Ulana, for you, you insert into this staff in the athletic department your first two weeks on the job here two years ago. What did you learn from these other four pretty quickly?
6: Well, I learned they're they're uh, they have some goofy personalities at times, <laughs> but I also learned that I would fit right in, and it would be a, it would be a good relationship and friendship. Um, uh, I, I learned pretty quickly from them that you can win here and you, you have the resources. We always, you always would like more of this or that, but you can win here. And that was, it was exciting to see their enthusiasm because they, you know, they've been here for a number of years, you know, then we start out, you know, two years ago, we lose our first three. I'm thinking they're thinking, uh-oh, we made the wrong choice here, <laughs> but uh, turned it around and went pretty well that first year. So
1: What the people on the other side of the screen may not realize is the camaraderie that the five of you all have. How often are you in each other's office? Picking each other's brains, hanging out, talking about life.
3: Every day, every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, we—you—you uh, you walk in past each other's offices. Chase poor guy down the street at Collinsville High School. We have to make an effort to go see him, but he comes by when we have staff meetings and sits in, and we discuss—I'll call him the issues of the day—but it's—it's the progress of what we're trying to accomplish. I'm fortunate to have an awesome colleague in baseball who we do have similar personalities, but coaching styles are different. So. When we throw ideas at each other, it's yeah, you're right. I should actually worry less or play more and, and just have a a kind of goofy attitude, but I always tell them, I mean, I just go with it. <clears> oh, <throat> right,
1: you can't answer for yourself. The other four are gonna answer for you. When when Coach Stromdahl is in your office, what does he worry or complain about the most?
3: The grass. His field. The grass. He's always yeah. looking yeah. into my office and his grass. It's true. Yeah. He All comes How in. How about my you, office. Chase? to look at my grass to tell me what to do with my grass or my
2: dirt because we have to have it looks pretty and it's took us a long time to get the grass like that and let's we're going to keep it like that
1: and it certainly does it shows what what about coach cat when she when you're in her office or or vice versa what is she talking about she's
6: team culture
2: we we love
6: talking team culture and you know i think we're we're in a transition phase with, uh, with college-age students. I think there's some, some things that are changing rather fast as the technologies that, that influence their lives change. And so we're talking all the time about team culture and trying to figure out a way
2: to do it better. Biscuits.
5: Team Biscuits, right? <laughs> biscuits. Can, can my British it. guys bring Biscuits in for yeah. her cup of tea? for her? Uh,
3: I need, I yeah. tea.
2: I mean, we're always talking about Disney, some, some way, true. shape, or form. It
3: happens. Magical, yeah. and this program is magical. Yeah. It correlates very nicely.
4: I will say community service uh, with Kat. I mean, her program does an amazing job. Uh, We've got some projects that our tennis program's doing. Mm -hmm. And just uh, from speaking with Kat, you know, obviously I think she's like an expert in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then Brad, I've known Brad since, you know, when we were at Georgia State together. So uh, we never talk really athletics. Uh, It's just uh, friendship talk or just, you know, random things.
1: Because Lord knows your office is located about a mile down the road from us. He's won nine national championships, and nobody ever wants to talk to him about anything. He Chase doesn't have any insight whatsoever
4: to winning, right? I don't. You'd have to ask them. I mean, uh, you know, that's up to them. But I he's
2: got a great office. Like you sit in there and you just kind of stretch out your feet, you lay on the couch, or you you know sit on the other couch, or you know kind of like just hang out. It's a it's a great
1: time. It's, it's got a great is office. It, is it a is therapy a, session? Like you're Dr. Phil. Is, they're coming you know, to you exactly to to is. Chase. How do I get to where you're at?
4: I don't think it's therapy. Okay. Uh, but uh, it is a relaxing, uh, it's relaxing over there because, you know, and I've talked to all the coaches about it. I mean, part of you, obviously, it's a part of the campus, but then there's also it being off campus. You kind of have that feel of a, you know, tennis club type mentality. So, you know, it's kind of nice.
1: Deku's up next. What does Deku talk about?
4: He's always
2: talking about Europe and the players that are coming in from Europe yes. in South America.
3: He lets me know how far he goes to Uh recruit. I I go to Collins Hill High School. I I can still ride my bike to go recruit some of the best (laughs) athletes. And he tells me about his bike rides along the rivers in Amsterdam Mm -hmm. or the Seine in Paris and making sure that he's having tea with people in England that I'm jealous of. So he's recruiting hardcore all over the world.
6: I just get real joy when he walks in my office. Not, I sense joy in him because he was, he was the oldest coach, and now he's not. And I think that makes him really happy that he's no longer the oldest coach in the department.
1: Well, your guys' relationship goes back a number of years, even before GGC. I know I joke with you guys about the Tennessee Temple connection. But in all honesty, for two head soccer coaches to have such a camaraderie, it's a rarity but how well does that affect your individual program that you have somebody that's a voice that you can lean on that you appreciate
6: well i would say i've you know been a number of different schools and many times there's animosity between the men's program and the women's program and it's it's uh, i can't say enough about knowing that you know i have a friend and a colleague that i trust and respect you know in the other office and we get along and we share the we share the pitch and we Mm -hmm. you know we uh we give and take when it comes to training times and things like that so it's it's it just makes for such a healthy relationship with the the two teams
1: and lastly dr coach on the end what does his phd and his conversation bring to uh, bring to the table
2: well with his older older age his stature <laughs> he's got that little stand up computer thing which is we always have conversations about that and Sitting on the medicine ball. We just we have a good time. A lot of time I go look at her grass outside his window. <laughs> yes. He sure stands right. in my
6: office and stares. I, yeah. I don't know what's going on, but he just yeah. does it all the time.
2: But we always look at <laughs> his national championship titles up on top and you know, he's always make sure that there's like just hit the sun reflected right into your eyes. <laughs> yeah, I plan the sun so that, that works exactly. out. Exactly. Well.
4: <laughs> I would say international admissions. Um, you know, uh, both of our programs rely heavy on international players, so um, I think when Coach came in, just trying to understand the ins and outs of that and, and making sure that, uh, you know, the policies and procedures are, are followed. And, uh, you know, I, I'd say, you know, as you see the women's soccer program uh, grow with time, I think you're going to see a national championship, uh, not to put pressure on them, but it'll be coming.
1: Is Chase the only one that can put national championship pressure to another coach that has won a national championship, four of them to be exact?
6: Well, I think, I think this is the first – Department I've been a part of, where every one of us, that's sort of, that's sort of an annual goal. And I, th- I know you say, well, every team says that. No, most teams in, in, in the country know that there's no way this season ends with a ring. But I think I'm in a I'm in a program in a department where every one of us think that that's a real possibility just about every year.
1: What does it mean for for this group here and the camaraderie that you have, and it's a place of employment, but it's so much more than that. When's the last time you guys did some reflecting and went, wow, I'm here at Georgia Gwinnett building this program to either what is more national championship or the national championship level. How often do you get the chance to just have a cup of tea or mow the grass or be on a plane and pinch yourself at how good life is right now? Or maybe is life as good as it appears on the outside?
3: I told Mike this in our interview process that It looks good on the outside, but it's a hundred times better on the inside. Um, You talk to colleagues when you go to coaches' conventions or when you travel, and they'll tell you some of their woes, and I I can't respond without feeling like I'm coming across maybe bragging that I don't... We deal with issues. I mean, we're we're an athletic department. We deal with young adults. We deal with people who have diverse personalities, but... I, I have not had a day where I come to work and I go, this is it. If this happens, I'm out. I mean, I, I look forward to the challenges because of my guys that I get to work with. I'm very fortunate. And uh, they they like they let me be me. And I think that is something that's rare these days is there's no expectation from Brad, Chase, Steve, or Mike that, cat yeah, you should really do it this way because that's the better way. They really embrace that you absolutely are unique. I love being in the community and I love taking my team to do special things, but I feel that I've reflected that back into their programs and I can see mm-hmm. things they want to mm-hmm. do too, but I'm certainly taking from all their mm-hmm. programs all the time.
5: You talk about reflecting. Yesterday I was at a college ID camp and so you get to kind of give your spiel about your university. And we've done in seven years with some of these departments, it's taken a lifetime to do. And the number of athletic departments I've worked at, there's no petty animosity or jealousy with the group. I mean, we all banter back and forth with the best of them, but everybody is truthfully, uh, they like each other. They're rooting for each other. Um, yeah, some of us are, you know, weirder than others. Uh, we've all got our quirks, but we're all going to try to win a national championship, which, like Mike said, most places can't dream of that. It's going to happen. I mean, the challenge for the, the four of us here. Is to put a championship up there with all of Chases on the wall. That's the goal going forward. But uh, this place is a. I mean, I don't want to quit. I don't want to leave this place because we. Who's got it better than us?
2: Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's uh, it's something that's very special and, you know, it's driven by Dr. Wilson and um, I think that his administration and our administrators and it kind of they could all be sitting around this table and we could all be feeling the same way from our compliance to our, um, you know, business administration all the way through and through. And so um, it makes it a, uh, a pleasure to wake up and come to work. And um, I think that um, from the outside, like Kat said, it's just as good on the inside for sure especially with the Grizzly digital network and you keep increasing oh, it. I mean, amazing. but that's it. I mean, everybody does their part and it continues to, uh, we challenge the norms that are set out there and we continue to grow. And um, if it doesn't work, we just try something else. And we just want to try to be and have the best product on the field and off the field.
1: You used a phrase there that I want to elaborate on, challenge the norm. How often do you, do we have challenges at GGC where you try to reach out to other colleagues or administrators or coaches or friends and realize they don't have the same challenges that we do do you catch a reward in challenging that norm that coach referenced there
4: i think so i mean for for us i feel like you know any challenge that we have we can talk amongst each other and solve that Mm -hmm. problem i don't don't really go outside ggc um just i'm ultra competitive so i don't want to have to ask
1: you're going to tell you the secrets today is what well,
4: you're saying no, I like to keep it in house you know so it's one of those situations and to, you know to echo Brad's statement um, you know when you start a program uh, you know there's you know, I've been at a lot of different universities and the affinity that I have for GGC um, is just simply greater simply from the aspect that you know we started with the exception of Mike who's doing a phenomenal job but we've started these programs mm-hmm. from zero. So for me, you know, when I go to work every day, you know, I think back to July 1st, 2012, when I was sitting in my office with no tennis balls, no uniforms, <laughs> no tennis players. And I had to put a program together to by February to compete. So uh, that's how I reflect. I just reflect from an aspect of where I was when we started, where we are now and nobody else can, you know, can, can say they, they've experienced that, you know?
6: Well. And Kat's right. You, it's tough to, in all due respect to our NAI colleagues, for example, it's tough to call them and share our issues and problems because our issues and problems or challenges are just different. we just, we just have it better in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. I, I, feel like I'm more back in my San Diego State days, but actually with an entire group of people who like each other and respect each other, and that's, so it's it's this is where I get most of my my input from is right here. I mean, not that there's not people outside that can help, but it's most where it comes from.
1: We may see more of the quirky personalities coming out here but i want to go around the room again what's been your favorite you get to pick one favorite part of building this program whether it be from day one or hitting the reset button with women's soccer is it cutting the grass or designing she's uniforms came, what's been your, your cat right, lead us off here what's been your favorite there. part Thanks. about building the program
3: he told me <clears throat> to get eye rolls from the guys but they'll understand what it is when i give the full story um last year we made the world series so You know, it was a five-year goal. There we are, year six. We win the opening round, we get to the World Series. You win the national championship, Chase can tell me, Mike can tell me, you take them somewhere special. I said, no, our World Series is in Orlando. I'm taking my team to Disney World. And it it is part of me. I mean, I enjoy that part of life. I, I got to take a team to Disney World. I got to reward a group of athletes who had worked their butts off, had the best record that a program that I have coached has put together, and we spent the day in what I think is the happiest place on earth as a group. And it was. So, <laughs> you talk about getting to do things that match your personality in the way that you coach. That's what GGC, I think, has really allowed us all to do. Uh, we're, we're just building on that. How can you make your own personal happy place come to work? And that's rare. I just, I talk to too many people. It's rare to be so happy at work and go home and still be able to to maintain that happiness. So, yeah, We went to Disney World.
4: <laughs> That's great. Well, cats Disney World. I, I like Mobile, Alabama. I'll be
3: honest <laughs> with
1: you.
4: A lot of people, uh, yes, a lot of people, uh, <clears throat> you know, when they put their list of cities they love. So I, I doubt Mobile's at the top. But, uh, you know, I, that one week in Mobile, Alabama that we go, the third week of May, uh, I truly look forward to it. Um, everything about that event, uh, you know, from all the – volunteers and, you know, everyone who helps put that event. The hotel is amazing. Uh, the facility is getting better and better. Uh, Sixty core facility down there in Mobile. Um, you know, that week is something that we really obviously uh, check on our calendar, and we want to make that week as, as special as possible.
1: Disney World in Orlando, Florida to Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, We've well, we, we set the bars. Uh-huh. I'm going with uh,
5: Delray Beach, Florida. For us, it was uh, last year 17 when we – Uh, won the opening round game and got to the final site just to take the program uh, from being in building E, changing for our first game in a classroom, taking the laundry home, doing it yourself, guys carrying equipment in the back of their cars as you're waiting on the facility to get built, to in six years, you're one of the top 16 teams in the country. And just, you talk about reflecting, it was that bus ride back. You're disappointed because you lost. We got knocked out in the quarterfinals, but you're like, this thing's moving pretty quick, and this has been quite a ride in such a short amount of time.
6: So mine would be right here uh, when you talk about, about the, the memories of that. And I, I remember it was two-thirds of the way through the first season when we got our first national top 20 ranking. And I came in, and uh, um, I said, I said, you realize today's pretty pretty historical day in this program? I said, and they thought I was going to say that, you know, you, you finally the, made it. The I players said, in the right, locker room. Right, right. And the players in the locker room. And I said, I said, uh, well, actually, yesterday is, because yesterday was the last day that a women's soccer team at, at Georgia Gwinnett will ever know what it's like to not be ranked in the top 20. And But the best part of it was I looked at their eyes, and they believed me. And I knew that we had we had crossed a threshold, that they believed that this is where we expect to be forever now. And I, I it, before then, it was, you know, new coach, coach speak, you know, rah-rah, you know, isn't he so happy all the time?
1: PhD. Yeah, yeah. but
6: But I could tell that day. You know, they they'd have nice when you speak up to that point, and I could tell they they believed me, and that was a good day.
1: Potatoes over here. Yeah,
2: last one. Oh no, I mean it's uh, <laughs> there's so many memories and events, and um, you know I think we all can. I think that probably it's more along the lines of what uh, Steve said from washing the uniforms in my basement with my wife, which is bless her heart um you know all the way through all of the all of the things but i think the things i enjoy the most is uh stuff that's not seen on camera stuff that doesn't happen in a game um i like the behind the scenes fun that we have and with the players with staff i think that uh those, those memories throughout the course of the last seven and eight years are, are what means the most and what, for me personally, uh, what it's like to be here at GDC with, with the baseball team and um, just, you know, the members of, of campus that, that know you. You have lunches with them. You run into them. Um, they ask you why you lost like three games all year. Um, you know, all of those things. I think that that's the thing that me- means the most to me is uh, just the little quirky stuff and the interactions that you have one-on-one with. You know, so many people throughout throughout campus each day.
1: Each of you had your own individual stories, and I know you don't want to single out one person, but in the umbrella of coaching, whether it be recruiting or traveling or winning ballgames, ordering equipment, is the relationships that you see of young men and women from teenagers in high school to now four years through college, and some have been out of college for three or four years now. Describe that euphoric moment, to see a teenager grow into a young adult underneath your leadership? Where does that fit and the joys of being a head coach?
5: Number one, that's yeah, why we do it. Absolutely. Trophies are nice, but uh, when they're graduating and it's a kid that you've had in your office and you've threatened to send him home when he's a sophomore because he's an absolute knucklehead and you just lay down the law, it's, you're, you're a great player, but you either buy into our culture and what we're trying to accomplish, or I'll go find somebody else. Not because I don't love you, but because I can't put up with this anymore. And then he turns the corner and is an All-American and graduates. Top right there.
4: Yeah, I'd say, you know, it kind of hit me when we had two former Grizzlies get married, Jordan Cox and Valeria Pota. Uh, You know, I was at that wedding, and just going to all the weddings, being in some weddings, uh, former players, and and just really seeing – uh, them just develop into, you know, outstanding young men and women. And uh, for me, it's just, you know, five, six years after they finish, being able to see where they are in life. And just to be able to say you played a small part in that is, is amazing. So um, I don't know if we're going to have any more weddings. Uh, but
5: Can we talk about weddings, though? That was one of the best when you got married.
4: Yeah. The whole department,
5: oh, yes. New Year's uh, Eve, yeah. everybody went. I mean, yeah. it was one of the greatest nights. And the funny part was we were all, we rode together. <laughs> We hung out together all night. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a magical night. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Thanks for getting married. Thanks for
5: asking. Appreciate it. (laughs) And hey, shout out to the wives and husbands.
4: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Who else? Where does the relationships fit that you've developed?
3: It's the top. I mean, it's when you, you get those phone calls or the text messages when we have, again, last year making the World Series, the amount of alumni who reached out to us and to former players, it said that they still are connected. They still care, and they understood everything that they had done, laid the foundation for this. So, again, wedding invitations have come, baby announcements have come, graduate school. They, we have postgraduate degrees in the program now. So to see successful young women and continuing their lives, it's, it's really neat. It's neat when you really run into them and they reflect on what you thought the story was that they lived as a player but they mm. tell you their memories, and it's like, mm. wow, you do look at it different. And it has helped me coach the current team I have different because of their perception of what happened. I want the team that is living it to have the same
0: experience, if not
1: better. Having a front-row seat to all your programs, I'm going to take your answer for you, kind great. of guide you a little bit. Absolutely. The That's three great. happiest I've ever seen you uh-huh. was the twice we went to the World Series uh-huh. and this past year for Alumni Day. Yeah. Seeing all those guys walk through the door, you were glowing and oh, grinning yeah. from ear to ear, and it's it's one of the happiest I've ever seen. Yeah, ever. and I actually
2: told my wife; she's like, "Man, you were really happy." I was like, "It's what it's what this means." I mean, it's uh, you know, we had about forty guys back. Um, for the event and it just keeps growing and we consider an alumni because we're so new anybody that's ever stepped foot on whether I cut you or whether you <laughs> didn't make it at school or whether you graduated we kind in- of encompass, encompass everybody and so um, it's just been great to be able to see those guys like everybody says come through but they keep coming back and they they keep supporting us whether it's watching watching on tv or whether it's coming back and um, just sitting in the dugout and, and they all sit up there and they say man I miss this I got my kids and like they're wonderful and I love that but I love these three hours during the day that are just so special and so um, it's definitely it's definitely the people and the um, and the camaraderie within changing their lives to hopefully become better members of society most of them. So,
6: so, so Matt so for a long time I was a college teacher and a, and a coach and uh, the thing that a college teacher always wants is two things tenure at schools that have tenure and full professor and the month that i the month that i became a tenured full professor at the college i loved to take a full time teaching job and the president said what are you doing nobody gets full professor and leaves and i said if i'm in this if i'm in this profession to change lives i love the classroom but there's no comparison in the amount of life change from coach to player versus teacher to student and i just i just it, this is the best environment cuz we 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 deal with them in such emotionally vulnerable and intense times and that's when most life change happens so what it's about
1: well we're going to wrap things up here today again thank you so much for your guys' time you all know I'm your biggest fans I've got a front row seat to every single one of your programs and the fact that we get to drag along a couple cameras in a process it's it's just absolutely phenomenal it's a pure joy for me and so uh, not here to raise expectations but what (laughs) I want to know is individually as we move forward here we're in year seven of the athletic department we now have 1,000 wins over that seven-year period I want a 10-year goal so in three years from now, when we get together and do a, a ten-year anniversary of GGC Athletics, what does your program look like?
2: Can we talk for Chase? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, I don't That's think he I, don't I don't think he should, think he should start lose, start lose again. Yeah. Yeah, nine, I don't, nine, I don't 10, think that he should lose. 11, we should 12, be at,
6: 12, yeah, right. Forty-two. Soon.
4: Right. So let's just talk about Chase. Yeah. No yeah. yeah. oh, God. <laughs> You're
1: going to lead us off. Go ahead. Okay.
4: Um, well, yeah. I mean, so we're saying three years from now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to, you know, be in double digits, uh, national championships. Uh, I think that's a that can be done. Obtainable goal. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, with that being said, obviously we just want to continue on what we started. You know, it's I tell people and you know it's the truth, is it's a lot harder to stay at the top than it is to get to the top, and that's a that's a fact, uh, because we've been playing since twenty fourteen with a target on our back. Everybody can make their season if they beat us. So, you know, my biggest job is how do I maintain um, the men and women's teams? How do we maintain that edge? You know, how do we keep them just as hungry as the competition? And hopefully by year 10, I've been able to do that.
1: What's an internal expectation, a goal that you want to achieve individually in your program by year 10?
2: I think for me, it's to keep developing myself as a coach and growing and i think that as i continue to grow and reflect on the things that we've done in the past and our coaches have done in the past it will continue to to grow the product on the field and the people within the organization i think that that's you know whether you win or lose i think that um, facilities wise you know school all of the things line up and and if we stay stagnant as our as our own selves, we're not going to continue to move the program forward in the in the right direction. So, to me, it's always challenge myself and challenge our staff, and then challenge our players, and continue to uh, continue to put the the kids on the field um, that are great baseball players. But ultimately, how do we continue to develop them as as lifelong leaders of character and all of the the principles that we have here internally, um, so that when they do leave here, they do come back and they also um, are just great people out there in the world
5: i think it kind of what mike mentioned earlier it's the recruiting piece we get the right people in here to go along with brad said if we're if i'm developing as a person and i'm developing my staff and my players and i've got the right guys The the goal is to win championships, to put national championship banner up on on the wall in the athletic department, but it's to see guys graduate. It's that we're making a difference, that they come to us as 18-year-old boys and they leave as 22, 30-year-old men um, that are making a difference in society today. So it's it's winning on the field, in the classroom, and in the community. Uh, But... Dr. Wilson has given us the best platform to, to go ahead and do this. And so, you know, I don't think we, thank, we can't thank him enough for what he's done for us. Um, but that's the goal is to just continue to win. But to help we, – we need something other than tennis up on the championship. I agree. Yeah.
2: It's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot.
1: It's good. Who, who wants to take us home? The Ph.D.? You want, you want to go last or Dr. you want to go next? Dr. Coach. Dr. Coach. So let's Dr. go. Coach. We still got Cat to go. You want to go last? Or you Unless the – Oh, C- cash should take us home so i'll, I'll
6: yeah. go i'll go quick really so out. when we talk about influencing or, or affecting the lives of students and winning being separate things they are but there's also a connection to them um i had a reunion with the with the four teams that won back at the other school the, won the championship and every one of those young ladies talked about how that shaped who they thought they could become and what they thought they could do and i want a generation of of ggc women's soccer players to know that besides as chase knows it's a it's a great lot of fun it's yeah. a lot of fun and so i want all of us to be able to have a generation of students who say hey i've been at the t- you know i've been at the top of the mountain and if i can do that in my sporting life i can do that in in regular life
2: before cat closes i think you should give where you think because you got a front row seat to all of us all yeah. the way yeah. through and through so i think yeah. that you have also a, a three-year yeah plan. what's the question Well, just answer your own question for all of us in the programs, in the department.
1: I think um, my daily task, every time the cameras are on and there's a microphone in front of my face, to put things in perspective, right? So how do we put being in the top 25 for the first time, for the last time, being the first time in perspective. How do I put a trip to Delray in perspective? How do I put nine national championships in perspective? A first trip to the World Series um, for two trips to the World Series. How do I put that perspective in the moment? And I think the only way I am able to do that is by looking back. And like Steve said, comparing it to what we know. We we have never seen 100 matches in a row. We're trying to (laughs) achieve that. We've never seen things like back-to-back-to-back World Series appearances. So how do you put that in perspective if that ever happens? How do you put four teams in spring sports all in the top five? And so that that's my challenge that I enjoy because I get to tell the stories of our student-athletes and our coaches in the moment. And so I like taking things like winning a 1,000 games in seven years and reflecting back. So to answer your question, when we get to 10, that's going to be my, Joel, my my job, put it in perspective to what that means for other departments and other other coaches, and other programs.
3: I want to see these faces here in three more years. I couldn't agree more. And it's not because we're not going somewhere big. We are what is going to be big. So if we can commit ourselves to 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, five years worth of consistency, his goal of great men, his goal of 200 matches, his goal of the big ring, his goal of the big ring, my goal of the big ring, consistency breeds that you know and so I think in in our department it's a goal because life happens life is hard life is challenging our athletes provoke like absolutely provoke tough moments out of us but I want to see that consistency stay here so to be able to do it with the six of us again it would be pretty special in three years so that's definitely my goal
1: I I don't want to speak for anyone else but I'm in Mm -hmm. I'm in
0: Keep listening to our weekly episodes to find out more.
1: Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.